This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's Bartender Journey Podcast number 108. Thanks for listening. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending, spirits, and cocktails. Well, lots going on today. Uh, I have an interview with Jesse Luke, and he's a bartender in Lenox, Massachusetts, and he's going to share some stories with us. Uh, at the very end of the podcast now, I have a new segment. If you remember Simon Brookings uh, from the episode number 106, Bartender Journey, uh, when, we, when we were talking about scotch, I loved his toasts so much. So I'm going to have a new segment at the very end. I'm going to uh, dr- I'm going to make a toast to you, my listeners, and uh, you're free to use them at your bar or when toasting with your friends. Before we get to Jesse, I want to tell you about a few things. Uh, the Water of Life event. It's a whiskey tasting for charity. It's going to be held in downtown Manhattan on Wednesday, May 6th. 2015 and this is the first annual event it's for a great cause all the proceeds will be donated to the life raft group which is dedicated to finding a cure for a certain type of cancer called gist this is a rare form of cancer that affects uh, tissues and bones and connective tissues uh, so this is a great cause to to uh, raise money for research and to help people that are affected by this all the proceeds will go to the charity I met the gentleman who founded this, Dr. Matthew Lurin, recently. He's a whiskey aficionado whose stepfather is affected by this uh, disease. And so he uh, started this fra- He started this uh, charity event. It's a really worthwhile event, and it sounds like a lot of fun, too. First of all, water of life, the, the name of the event. You know, the word whiskey comes from the Gaelic phrase for water of life. The Gaelic phrase, which I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, but uh, this phrase was shortened and became the word whiskey. So this is going to be an awesome event, and uh, I hope you'll attend. You can get a discount. I'm going to give you a discount code in a minute and tell you where to buy tickets. Uh, But the format of the tasting is going to be unique. It's basically like speed dating with whiskey ambassadors. So each whiskey brand will have a table that seats five guests at a time, and they'll share some drams and stories for 12 minutes. And then your group will move on to uh, to the next whiskey. There's breaks built in for lots of food and dessert, and uh, at this event, the guests will have the opportunity to try over 25 whiskeys with food pairings at each table and past hors d'oeuvres and buffet dinner and desserts. So I promised you a discount code. If you use the code RAFT1550, that's all uh, together, no spaces or anything, so you want to do capital R-A-F-T 1550, you'll get a uh, big discount off the ticket price, and the whole ticket price is a charitable donation, although legal disclaimer, please check with your account, uh, your accountant, <laughs> I'm no accountant, so, uh, but the uh, but it is, it's a charitable donation. So you can buy your tickets at irgwateroflife.org, again, no spaces or anything, irgwateroflife.org. And to get more information on that charity, check out liferaftgroup.org. Well, I'll be at the event on May the 6th, next Wednesday, and uh, I hope to see you there. I'll put this up on the website, on on my website, Bartender Journey. uh, And if you forget that discount code or anything, I'll have the links and that discount code uh, there on the website. Next item, a bit of industry news. Sad news, the Manhattan Cocktail Classic was canceled. 
I first heard the news via Twitter from David Sangwell. You might remember he was on uh, Bartender Journey podcast number 96, and he has his own podcast and blog and YouTube channel named Bartender HQ. Anyway, uh, David tweeted at me from England about this. Somehow he heard the news about the Manhattan Classic, <laughs> Manhattan Cocktail Classic being canceled before I did. Here I am in New York, and somehow he heard about it first. But um, that morning that he tweeted me, I, the only news I could find about it was one article, which was the one that he had seen. But slowly the news came out that uh, it was canceled. And I knew it was absolutely true when I received an email refunding some tickets that I had purchased for uh, some of the events. The Manhattan Cocktail Classic was passed to new management this year, and apparently they uh, just couldn't, um, shall we say, get their shit together in time. So they just canceled it. It's What a shame. It was a great event. Um, th- this would have been the fifth year, I believe. Well, Tales of the Cocktails coming up. I have a book of the week for you. It's by Steve D. Filippio, and it's called It's All About the Guest. And that's such a great title. I just uh, just had to read it based on that title. Steve bought his first restaurant when he was 23 years old, if you can believe that. And now he owns lots of restaurants up and down the East Coast. I was hoping to get him on the show, but so far, uh, schedules haven't worked out. He's a busy man. Besides all his restaurants, he started a frozen food business based on a very popular bar snack at his restaurant's. It's Davio's Spring Rolls, and they come in flavors like Philly cheesesteak and uh, unusual flavors like that. And Davio's is the name of uh, most of his restaurants, although he has a other, brand, other restaurants that are branded differently. He makes some great points in this book, but one of my favorites was he says, every decision he makes, he asks himself, is this going to make things better for the guests? I think that's an awesome philosophy. He also talks about how you can't let demanding guests distract you from the others, the easygoing guests, who are really the ones you want coming back anyway. He says you need to make sure you give all your guests the attention they deserve. That's a good thing to keep in mind while you're behind the bar. It's easy to get distracted by uh, people who uh, demand attention or, <laughs> uh, let's say, monopolize your time. But uh, it's important to you know make sure you get around to everybody and, uh, and take care of all your guests. So again, if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, you'll see a link to that book. I recommend it. Pick it up. All right, let's get on to my chat with Jesse. Well, Jesse, look, thank you for joining me on the uh, podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Well, uh, you've been a listener to the show, and you uh, shot me a little message on Facebook, and uh, thought we thought it'd be fun if we chatted. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience as a bartender? Well, I've been bartending for... Oh, since the mid-80s. Uh-huh. How'd you get started behind the bar? Well, I was uh, playing piano at this... When I got out of the Army down south, I was playing piano at this place. And uh, just always interested, of course, in, in the folks behind the bar and what they do. Because I was always the guy playing the piano, mm-hmm. watching them. I'm just all very interested in... And I uh, would talk to them, of course, after the bar would close. I'd help them clean up a little bit and just to get some pointers... And then uh, I left that place, and there was a bar, a bartender opening. So I, I was like, oh, what the heck? How mm. hard can it be, right? <laughs> First night, they needed someone for a big, like a, not a, really a talent show, more of a fashion show. Okay. Huge bar, big round bar, about five bartenders on when the place was full, mm-hmm. fit hundreds of people. So I was terrified immediately. <laughs> I didn't want to show it. And again, I kept just thinking, how hard can this be? So... I got back there. They're like, all right, just do your thing. The place was filled immediately. They threw me right in the fire. <laughs> and I just kept thinking. So I had a little book hidden on the other side of the bar. So my first, the first person came up, a lovely woman in a large gown. Of course, all these people looked great. 
And she said, oh, strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> Didn't even know what it was supposed to taste like, right? Not a clue. I knew there were some strawberries. So I went over to my little book, opened it up. It was like one of those Mr. Boston books where oh, the rest yeah. of it. I had, I had the, I, th- I think that was my first bar book too. Oh my goodness. So I walked over and I look at the ingredients and so I went to one of the other bartenders that said, ask me if you need anything. I said, hi, I'm uh, looking for the strawberries. What are you making? Uh, strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> oh, well, you must be really good if you're going to make old school. <laughs> going to make it with real strawberries. Right. And I said, yes, of course. And he said, yeah. well, we just use this mix, throw in. And he goes, and if you're making the pina coladas, just use this mix. That's what we're making all night. Well, you had the right instincts. Yes. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So he thought I was just the greatest bartender in the world that would make these drinks from scratch. I never even had a, mar- a margarita or anything like that before. So anyway, got through the night. And within a couple months, I ended up being the bar manager here just by uh, hustling and learning quick and doing my thing. So That's cool that you had uh, your first instinct was to reach for the real fruit because that's, uh, that's, the, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, who would, th- you know, who would think it comes out of some red jelly stuff that comes out of a bottle? You know, who wants to drink that? <laughs> yes. Horrible. It is. So uh, how was that being the bar manager? That was great. A yeah. lot of work, a lot of responsibility. But after four years in the Army, I was I was okay with that. That was good with me. Okay. And then from there, I again, I was playing and bartending. And then my music career took off, so I didn't bartend for about 20 years. Okay. Go forward, and I'm living in the Berkshires, again, playing piano, some cocktail piano here and there, and doing that for a living. I'm also a magician. Cool. Well, I must help out behind the bar. Oh, have any uh, any any tricks you could share with us? Uh, yeah, can you keep a secret? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so, so. Nobody's listening. Nobody. No. <laughs> so I started. I just I really missed bartending. I something I really enjoyed. A friend of mine was reopening a bar, a restaurant. So I offered to help her start that, and then I moved on to where I am now, and I just really love it. So I still bartend three nights a week, um, just because I just really really enjoy doing it. Uh, on Sundays, I do magic behind the bar, so I'm known for that, and people come specifically to see that. Cool. That's so I great. get to mix the two things together. So that's a, a great a great advantage, and definitely all those hours of learning magic tricks and card tricks pays off back there. Yeah, I've been meaning to uh, – uh, for years I've been saying I should, I should learn a couple of simple tricks, and I never do get around to it. But uh, that's, that's, that's a great talent to have behind the bar, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, and that that's funny. A lot of people have that story. My story is not too dissimilar. I mean, I you know I bartended when I was younger and went many years without it and came back to it. So uh, it's a great skill to have because you can do it at you know any age and any location and uh, any point in your life really. Mm-hmm. You know, do it do it part time, do it full time. So uh, it's a good good reason to learn to bartend. Or just go behind the bar and fake it like you did. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you explore any books or any f- formal training of any kind? No. <laughs> Most, mostly I learned, like I said, as I was playing piano, I was hanging out with the bartender. She was really cute, so that was a good idea. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she, you know, she, taught me, she taught me about ice. You know, she let me in on all these little secrets. She said, oh, you got to fill that, fill it up with the ice. That's the clue. I said, because she let me try and I put less ice. She said, oh, no, 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 that just doesn't. I'm like, and I didn't really understand how ice made the drink, but then I got to understand that whole science. So 
I don't know if that's my formal training, but it was close enough. She she really taught me a lot about mixing and when to put you know the alcohol in, when to put the booze in, when to put the mix in, and just little little tricks of the trade, and stirring as opposed to shaking and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, ice is such a big thing that I've been educating myself on the uh, the wonders of good ice, you know, good quality ice, and uh, <laughs> it's it's. Once you get once you get into it, man, it's hard to go back to those ice chips that come out of most every bar. You know, it's a, sh- it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been. Uh, you know about uh, Camper English? He's no. a, he ha- he has a he has a famous cocktail blog, and he's sort of a, a scientific dude. And, and uh, his big thing, well, he he writes a lot about a lot of different subjects, but the one he became super famous for was um, making clear ice. You know. Mm. And, uh, so I've been, I've been messing with that at home and it's, and it's fun, you know, and it's, and it's great to make, you know, I like, I like a Negroni and I'll, uh, I'll chop off a few blocks of ice, you know, hand cut and it's, it's fun. It's great. Mm. You know, it's so much better than the, uh, this, the junk that comes out of the ice machine, you know? Oh yeah. And it's that little bit of effort that I notice when I go into a place, there's a place in Great Barrington, the guy has, uh, snow or ice balls beautiful clear ice balls and if you just order a scotch or a whiskey he'll throw that in there at at that point you're willing to pay a little bit more for your drink and the bartender has a lot more has a lot more respect from you so it's it's just those little things that we do that really help a person feel more at home at your bar yeah some places will charge you extra for that round ice cube because that that machine costs quite a lot of money to make oh sure and uh and well you have to start by making a big block of ice that's the beginning of that process (laughs) so half your ice ends up on the floor yep (laughs) but it is uh it is beautiful Mm -hmm. so you're saying you currently work for a guy uh who's from vegas yeah troy michek he's born and raised in vegas he had a kid and didn't want to raise him in vegas so he moved out here to the berkshires started a little little bar it's now about 11 years it's the only. Have you been to? I don't know if you've been to Lenox, uh, Massachusetts. It's a. No, small... I've been to Great Barrington several times. Okay. We, we used to go similar. there when I was a kid, actually, almost every summer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So just up north from there is uh, Lenox, is where Tanglewood is. Right. A uh, small little town, but very upper class. There's a, probably a dozen four or five star restaurants mm. uh, right in town. I I love it because I, I can walk to a different great restaurant, and when you know the bartenders around town, that that's even better. Um, so he opened up a little place here. It was really slow at first. The place only holds 65. It's either him or me bartending and there's no, you know, no one else in there. So we don't need staff or anything. And eventually now it's just known as a, and it's really the only bar in town where you have to be 21 or older because everybody, everybody else has a food menu or something. So they have right. families in there. Right, right. So this is a place where a lot of bartenders hang out in the summer. A lot of actors and musicians will come there every night so we get to meet a lot of celebrities working there and he was a good friend of mine and a few years ago he started being able to be open seven nights a week and just needed someone to help out so that's mm-hmm. when i started working there and it's just a, it's just a great little place cool. he's taught me a lot oh my gosh he's taught me a whole lot about customer management how to kick people out how <laughs> to deal with drunks when you're by yourself and you have a full bar it's and you're watching everything there's a lot of you have to watch stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've been there. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, yeah, I was working a couple a couple years ago at this uh, Irish Irish pub, you know, and you know it was a restaurant and pub, and then but once the owner would go home, you know, about six, and then the manager would go home about eight, and then you know 
now the bartender is the de facto manager, you know, and here, mm-hmm. you, here you are getting, not really getting paid to be a manager, but you got the responsibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in that case, I had the responsibility, but not the authority. It was, uh, it was a weird situation. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, he knows better. He gives me whatever needs to happen, happens. And he doesn't question it, which is a great boss. Yeah. One trick he taught me, uh, if someone's really acting up in the bar, mm-hmm. he'll turn on all the lights <laughs> and just say, Nobody gets a drink till this jerk leaves. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's amazing how fast that place will clear out. And everybody just kind of looks at him and still he gets out. It's, it's little things like that. It helps the night go a lot faster. <laughs> There's a lot of regulars there too. So they, the regulars help, help out. Right. Work together with you. Right. Yeah. I remember being bartender one night and there was a the guy that he was a bouncer at a different bar, but he, he would always come to my bar after he was done. And, uh, you know, a couple of times I was like, dude, don't, don't leave just yet. Please <laughs> do me a favor. Right. Right. <laughs> Hang out just a little longer. Here's a, here's a, here's a beer. <laughs> oh, your beer's not done yet. <laughs> One thing I like to do at the end of the night, you know, there's still people hanging out. Lights are on. We, we play the last dance every night. Massachusetts, you're not allowed to have last call. No. Technically no last call. So mm. we have the last dance <laughs> and the place is known after midnight. It's known as a day it turns into this dance club. We just go lights everywhere. And it's really the only place to dance in Berkshire County. (laughs) And all the other bars are closed by that time. So this is where, again, where bartenders hang out and celebrities hang out after their shows. Uh, And so it turns into this big disco dance club. (laughs) So the last song we do will be last dance Uh and the lights come on if I happen to be there. So one of my tricks is someone's just talking and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're having a little buzz on or whatever. And I'll just say to them, so which door are you going out of? <laughs> it's amazing because they, oh, oh, yeah, my car's over in the parking lot or my car's out front. <laughs> just get them on out. That's a good one. Yeah. I remember I was at a seminar once um, at Tales of the Cocktail and uh, it was all about, you know, social responsibility and all this. And uh, one of the guys, he says, um, if you if you say to somebody, "How about a cup of coffee?" That's the universal sign for. I think you've had too much. Yes. <laughs> or uh, another one was, um, "Let me get you a glass of water. I don't want you to have a hangover tomorrow." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great lines, yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot about um, saying thank you and and uh, being grateful for the tip, and that's some that that's always been a theme in our in our podcast here. Absolutely. As soon as the people walk in, recognize them, and. To me, it's just making them feel at home. This is my living room. This is this is the bar in my living room. And how can I help you? So you know, kind of guide them where to sit if they hadn't been there before. And that's really how I approach it. Here's here's my house. Yeah, yeah, that's what a bar is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Please respect it, and I'll respect you, and we'll have a good time. Right, right. And it works well. It makes a lot of sense. We use these tall, the tall votive candles you might see at the store. Right. And we use we buy them empty, of course, for for drinks, and they're a pint. They're actually the same as a pint glass. Okay. So people will, oh, I love these glasses. I mean, I'll just give them a glass. You know, what is it? What is it to us? Five cents for the glass. They go home with it. They're always remembering the place. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that. Another thing Troy does is uh, he'll he'll buy a, a big bag of little army men, <laughs> and when the women come up and even some of the guys, he'll, he'll put a little guy. He's like, "Here, we want you, when you come to the Rumpies, we'd like you to go home with a little man and <laughs> guy in there." That's awesome. And he picks different things depending on the time of year. Sometimes little dinosaurs or little fish or just little plastic toys. We rinse them off and then we just put them in people's drinks and then they remember that. They take that home. 
you know, it doesn't cost us much, but it's a big, again, it's a big impact on the guests. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. I love that kind of thing. That's that's a lot of fun. The uh, the monkeys. What are they? The uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> remember that barrel. game, barrel monkeys. That's right. It. That would be per- <laughs> that'd be perfect. <laughs> We're gonna get some of those. And the same thank you at the end when they. Uh, no matter who it is, I don't. I don't even look at the tip when they hand me that credit card receipt or leave a couple bucks. I look at them right in the eye, and thank you. I'm because I'm serious. I'm not faking it. I'm thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for helping me pay my rent this month. Thank you for the tip. Glad you enjoyed it. And I just put that right in the jar. I don't count it. I don't look at it. Right. And I don't, so therefore I don't get upset with anyone. And by the end of the night, it all evens out and I'm doing well. And that's that. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to be. Absolutely. I was, I, sometimes I feel like I'm saying thank you too much. You know, I get <laughs> sent and give them the, give them the check. I say, thank you. They give me the credit card. I say, thank you. I bring the credit card back. I say, thank you again. And then <laughs> definitely when they're leaving, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I will, I'll go, I'll go way out of my way if somebody's leaving and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to them, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get over there and say goodbye and thank you. You know, I think it's so important. If I'm sitting at a bar and had a good time and, you know, paid my paid my check and I had a good time and you know I, I look around just just to say goodbye to the bartender one more time and and I can't find him There's something very uh, unsatisfying about that to me yes. to me personally I don't know yeah. well it's yes yeah, it's, it's almost like you feel uh, like okay thank uh, here here's your money and then they then they forget about you right yeah yeah I I paid the check transaction over right and a bar is supposed to be a little more personal it's it's not a it's not a fast food restaurant. It's, it's, it's supposed to be personal, especially a small dive bar like the one I'm in. Everybody knows each other. Yeah, the, the please and thank yous go a long way. Troy actually makes up nicknames for all the regulars. <laughs> when they walk in, he'll throw on a disco. I don't, I don't know how he catches this. He's great. <laughs> he'll throw on a disco ball and, and take the microphone and announce them as they come in. It's amazing. <laughs> and people just feel like royalty. Wow, it's, that's it's, great. My first year couple of years there i'd be working and people would come in and say, where's troy where's troy <laughs> now it's now it goes both ways because i have my regulars and he has mm. he has all the regulars but uh he's just so he's such a great guy to learn from and, and i guess again he's been doing it since he was 17 i think in vegas you can start working early so mm. his mom's a lounge singer oh, still cool. is uh-huh. still is out there what a wonderful wonderful woman uh-huh. and she's always on and that's what she does for a living she sings right. uh, in Vegas. So he pretty much grew up in that atmosphere and in that world. So he's definitely my favorite bartender and everyone I know. They're always like, oh, where's Troy? He's my favorite bartender. Second to you, of course. <laughs> nice. So. And I'm always surprised just going into a little, you know, whatever, a deli or something, you know, and, and the people don't have that sense of hospitality. And I guess, you know, they haven't been trained in it or whatever and they don't think it's important. But I mean, to me, it's like, what what does it really cost you to look up and say hello when somebody walks into your place you know whether it's a you know a car dealership or, or not well bad example <laughs> but uh, <laughs> working a car dealership six guys jump on you and say hello <laughs> but uh but um you know whatever the business happens to be you know it's like it really doesn't cost you anything just to look up and say hello and smile you know mm-hmm. and it just makes you want to come back to that place whatever it is you know that's right drugstore or whatever you know that's right <laughs> so i always say that, you know growing up in the hospitality business i think it sets you up for a lot of for success in most any business mm-hmm. that's how i you know i started i started when i was 14 in uh in a restaurant washing dishes and then you know was in and out of it for years but uh i think i think it's a good foundation 
Absolutely. Yeah, not being rude to people is a good, <laughs> yeah, way, to go. good, good way to live your life. And then we have yeah, the, the bar I work in is it's dark. And there's a lot of lava lamps, a lot of red lights. It's it's a it's a dive bar, um, and sometimes, especially in the summer when the place is there's triple the population with tourists, uh, people might walk in and they look around. It's not quite right. I still say hi, and right. I'm okay with that. So yeah. If you don't want to be in here, I don't want you in here. I don't want right. you to have a bad day. It's there's a bar right down the street you might enjoy that's all lit up and more your style but it's amazing how many times i'll see those same people even if they don't sit down or they just kind of look around weird they leave every now and then they come back or they'll <laughs> tell this is something i've seen more often they'll go it's like oh yeah their, their kids will be back from college or whoever their family they'll mm-hmm. say, yeah we went into this little bar it kind of looked like blah 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 and and the kid will say wow, that sounds great. And then they'll end up coming. And I've had people sit down and say, yeah, my parents were here last last week or last month and they, they described it to me and I thought it was great. Although they'll never be back, they told me about it because it was memorable. And, and basically because I said hello and I was nice to them and I chatted with them for a little bit. So even even though that customer didn't come back, they sent people back. So that's it all works out great. Just being nice to people is a good way to be in life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go, I guess I have to ask the ine- inevitable question that you probably get a lot as a as a uh, piano player in a bar <laughs> about the song. The song. It seems to me it's got to be a pretty pretty accurate uh, description of what it's like to play uh, piano in a bar. Billy Joel's Piano Man. Piano. <laughs> it, it really is. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a life, and they're all very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you play that one? Uh, more often than I can say, I don't even need. I don't even need the music anymore for that one. I would. I don't doubt it. Well, Jesse, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. I still learn things from it. Thank and, you. Yeah. Thanks. Very good. All right. Well, stay in touch, and uh, if I ever get to Massachusetts, I'll let you know. I'll stop Fantastic. by. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Cheers. All right, that was a nice chat with Jesse. If you're ever up in that area, the Berkshires, go in and say hi. I'm going to get to that new segment of the show, the toast at the end, uh, in just a second. But first, remember, uh, my name is Brian Vincent Weber, and the bar, the website is bartenderjourney.net. You can find me on Twitter at barkeeptips. You can email me, vince.bartender at gmail.com. And go on Facebook and like us. Just search for Bartender Journey. And please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and uh, leave a review. Um, I'll put a link up on my website again, bartenderjourney.net. that will click you through to iTunes. And then you click view in iTunes. And you can leave a review. And it really helps us move up in the ratings and uh, help more people find us. And we want to try to build this bartending community uh and uh i'd appreciate it you can give some stars too five stars is the most you can give all right here's our toast and this toast is attributed to author dave barry he's very funny by the way if you haven't read any of his stuff he's he's hilarious uh all right here's here's our toast i like beer on occasion i will even drink beer to celebrate a major event such as the fall of communism or the fact that the refrigerator is still working cheers guys thanks for listening We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bartender Journey podcast. For more info, check out bartenderjourney.net.